Now you can sample or track your favorite comics and see our upcoming events. It's all there at yuckyucks.com. Hi, this is Rebecca Kohler, and you're listening to Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. You're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy. I don't think so. What? What? Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. With your host, Jake Hirsch. Alright, my little yuckamaniacs, what's going on? This is your host, Jake Hirsch, and thank you for joining me. What a uh, what an amazing couple of weeks we've had here. Uh, great, great episode. You know what? I've, I've also, I've just recently learned, I digress for a second, folks. I've recently learned not to number these things while I'm speaking to you, like on the actual audio, because... I've realized that these are not all going into succession. So not every podcast is like, as I record them, in my mind, I'm thinking I'm doing, oh, this is episode six and seven and eight. And in actuality, it could be number two or it could be number one. So I I don't want to do that anymore. But I will say this. We do have an amazing episode lined up for you today. I just thinking back about this episode now, uh, because I, I wait a little while before I do the intros for it. And Today's guest, by the way, is Michael Harrison, great comedian, funny guy, great up-and-coming talent, uh, and I catch up with Michael uh, fresh off uh, his Yuck Yucks Calgary Club performance. Uh, Mike and I have a chance to sit down, but anyway, going back to the actual point I'm trying to make here, as I'm sitting here recording this intro, I am thinking back to the time where I got to sit down with Mike and have this interview, and of course, uh, this all happened right around Stampede. Yes, Stampede. I'm sure everybody uh, that is listening to the show has heard of it. Uh, if not, you uh, are probably living on some part of the earth that does not uh, get any type of social media uh, at all. So, uh, yes, the Calgary Stampede. Legendary rodeo. Calgary's biggest, you know, it's just 10 days of an actual, it's, it's a shit show. Absolute shit show. It is, it is crazy. The amount of, of stuff that happens in this city uh, during Stampede. Uh, I love Calgary. I love the city. I think it's great. I think it's wonderful that we have this amazing attraction throughout the world. But I'm going to tell you right now, things have gotten increasingly bad for the Stampede over the last few years. I don't know if it's uh, quality of the venue. I don't know if it's the quality of the entertainment. I don't know if it's the quality of the people that grace its presence. All I do know is that this year alone, we had like two stabbings, a beating, a porn shoot, and uh, it, it's yeah, some guy was flying over the place in a hot air balloon. Uh, it was like the movie Up. There was like 20 balloons. It, it's, this has become uh, the equivalent of the U.S. elections with Donald Trump debating right now. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, Stampede is just craziness and i met michael harrison our guest today during stampede so we got to hang out uh in fact when i met mike that morning i think he was just a little little hungover and uh i was actually gracious enough to bring him some food i brought him some lunch uh i stopped off and uh picked him up a sandwich and uh a little drink action you know a little gatorade to refresh the electrolytes and Mike and I sat down and actually had a really fun, a really great conversation. You're really going to like him. For you uh, of those uh, people out there listening that don't know who Mike is, Mike has been incredibly busy over the last few years of his career doing, you know, obviously huge college circuit down in the States. Uh, and, and this is a young man that is, that is from here in Canada and has just been a, a huge rising star. So uh, we get to sit down. We talk about him growing up in small town, nowhere. Uh, I think it was in Saskatchewan, or, or maybe it was even in Winnipeg, or, or uh, not Winnipeg, sorry, but uh, Manitoba. Um, and we just talked about how he came up and, and all the crazy stories that happened, and and uh, and we get a really good feel for you know what Michael Harrison has gone through, and 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 uh, and, and kind of where his comedy angle comes from. It's a fascinating interview. I hope you guys stick around and listen to it. Uh, we've been putting out some great interviews. The feedback has been absolutely. Amazing! I want to thank everybody uh, for for listening to the show and and listening to some of these fascinating interviews that we have. The guests, like I said, has been amazing. Um, one of the last episodes to drop 
was the Cal Post episode, and that was one of my favorite ones. Uh, I feel like there was a real kinship there with uh, with Cal. He's uh, he's such a great guy. Um, anyway, as I uh, get back to all the fun happenings uh, in and out of the Yuck Yucks comedy world, stay tuned. We've got some amazing interviews coming up. I'm telling you right now. Um, some of the names, some of the, just the talent alone that I get to the privilege, the honor of hanging out with is nothing short of amazing. So, um, also if you can, please, the biggest reward I can get is if you can go on to iTunes and write a review for us, go out there, tell us what you think of the show. Give me a rating. Am I doing okay? Am I doing all right? I hope I'm, uh, I'm hope I'm living up to, uh, to all the hype guys. So keep supporting, spread the word. Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. And you can get at me on Twitter as well, uh, at Jake Hirsch EG. But hey, sit back, relax, pop a Gatorade. Let's go talk to Michael Harrison. Uh, to be honest, it's 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 so true because uh, on the UX website they write Mike Harrison, yeah, and I've always went Michael like my whole life, right? right. And uh, <laughs> my comedy now, uh, they actually contacted me and they're like, "What do you want to be called?" And I was like, uh, "Let's let's make people pronounce pronounce my full name. Let's do Michael." <laughs> and sure enough, at the end of my comedy now, I was like, "Thanks so much, I'm Mike Harrison." <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, I'm back and forth. The Michael first, and then uh, went off with Mike. Unreal opening question, hard hitting. I know, buddy. What a way to start with the whole Mike Michael thing. I'm about to put this down and leave. Forget it. (laughs) Drop the mic and walk. (laughs) (laughs) Too much, too much. This guy's getting too intimate. This is way too. uh, This this is deep. This is very deep stuff. I know. Uh, Come on, some softball (laughs) questions first. Lead into it. I'm lobbing them up. I'm lobbing the softballs to you. Uh, We just finished a fantastic meal. Where you did it. Anyway, oh buddy, how I was consumed it? it. it was yeah, good. Yeah, 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 that was good. A little course. taste of Calgary. You're in Calgary. You just got done at Yuck Yucks, uh, <laughs> yeah. the Calgary spot. Tell me about uh, your weekend so far. I mean, you've been to Alberta, obviously. Tons oh of times. yeah, you've been to Calgary tons. This of is, course, uh, this is I love the city. Normal for you. What? What? Uh, how was your? How was your set? How was your weekend? Weekend was amazing, without yeah. a doubt. To be honest, the Calgary Yuck Yucks is probably my favorite club in the country. It's a great club. It is. It's it's unreal. The wait staff's unreal. Yeah, uh, they treat you so good. Everybody's great. They are great. And on top of that, like the the audience of Calgary. Yeah, is I just it never made sense to me. Right. Like I've toured across this whole country, right? And like the agility this this the audiences have, like yeah. like I've done shows here where I think I had to do forty five minutes after a show that was already an hour and forty five. No way. Yeah, so it'd be like a two and a half hour show, and Whoa. they were laughing at every joke like it was the second joke they heard of the night. What you know is what that I mean? though? Like what is that? Like I mean, you've done comedy all over the country, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, the versatility of a crowd, obviously, is is a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard a lot of comics say that. And and I digress for a second. Uh, a lot of people probably think I'm biased because I'm local here in Calgary, and I always talk about how great Calgary Yuck Yucks is. But it really yeah. is a great, great club. Oh yeah. The people for don't. Sure. Know, the people just think, oh, it's just because he's there all the time. But well, it's not uh, even that. It's also the little extra perks. Like it's yeah. sort of nice that the management they pick you up from the airport. Yeah. yeah. Scott and yeah, yeah they throw Andy. you some free drinks. There's so, there's this thing of just like how they treat you like uh, like you're special, <laughs> <laughs> like you're a performer. It just. I mean, I, I'm not putting down any other club. Like, right. it, it's great. And they all run it that way. But this club definitely goes an extra mile. That, to be honest, it, it just adds to, like, I've got to really... I'm going to have to bring it, like, <laughs> hardcore tonight because I There's love these people. expectations here. Yeah. Well, no, I love these people. I want them to succeed because right. I want this to be routine. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a, a guy who's, who's considering opening a Yucks out in uh, Fredericton now. Oh, no, nice. not Fredericton. Sorry, St. John. Okay. St. John, New Brunswick. New Brunswick, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, we've become good buds. And he's asked me things. And literally, I keep telling him everything that this club does. And I'm like, Just to oh, kind of emulate what, what they do. Of course, Angie yeah. and Scott, they do this and this and this. Yeah. And like I tell yeah. you, they make you feel just so so at ease on your 
nights off. They put you up in a nice, <laughs> nice condo. No, but like they really take care of you. They That's go true. this extra mile. Very true. And like I said, it doesn't badmouth any other club. Like yeah. the, all the clubs are great. I do, I do love them. Right. But uh, this one particularly just makes you feel like such a rock star. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah, they do. They do. They really are great over there. Um, okay, let's start from the very beginning, though, man. You're uh, you're a Prairies kid. Yeah. You're, yeah. So where, where from? Uh, originally, yeah. I was born in Regina, but I was raised in Pilot Butte, uh, which is where like, the hell is that? It's outside Regina. It's like a small town of like it was <laughs> like literally. It's it was like because in my act I describe it as a town of 500 people, right? And someone knew it from yesterday and came up. No way. Yeah, and they're like, "You're such a liar." <laughs> I. I don't think I saw more than a hundred people in that place, <laughs> you know. But I was like, I checked consensus. Yeah. Like when I was doing my research on the joke, it actually was like five thirty-two on on the consensus thing. So unless they're fudging the numbers, uh, I, I was like, that's just what I went with for it's the solid. for the bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious, man. So well, tell me what it was like growing up there. What did your parents do? What uh, tell me about some of the background history here? Well, my dad worked at a pig killing plant, and my mom oh, worked. Shit. And my mom worked at. It's a good segue. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and my mom worked at a uh, like a few odd jobs. It started with Eaton's, but then she she worked long time at uh, Perlater. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a postal company. I don't right, know if right. they have it in America. I don't know. They why. do. They yeah? do. Pure oh, perfect. Carrier. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, kind of like UPS. Yeah, that's it. For Very sure. true. Um, brothers and sisters. Only child? What? Uh... No, no, no. I have uh, I have one sister. I have uh, two half sisters and a half brother. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, so were you? Everyone like in the... my family be banging. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got siblings coming from every direction. Daddy had to work a lot of overtime at, uh, <laughs> at the hog killing plant. Oh uh, man. <laughs> so, were you a performer growing up? Were you a natural performer? Were you? No, I was a fat, team? sad kid. Are no you kidding way. me? Yeah, I was. No way. It was huge. I looked at your picture online. I was like, this guy looks like the dude from Suits. The, uh, the oh yeah, song. I get that a get lot. Yeah, buddy, I've gotten so many over the years. <laughs> Seriously, it was that before him was Paul Walker. Before that was yeah, like Jake Gyllenhaal and yeah. Toby McGuire when I had more like puffier cheeks. But right, uh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so you were a fat kid growing up. Yeah. Really? Yeah, well, I was born like 11 pounds when I came out. Oh, so you're a, you're a chunker when you came <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, no, no crap. <laughs> and, and you weren't a natural performer. So you weren't like the class clown. You weren't the outspoken one. You weren't at the dinner table. I was table. pretty shy. Were you? Yeah, I was. Well, I mean, I, I had my tendencies, right? right? Like, I, right. specifically, like, they started coming out in high school. Like, I just... I don't know. Maybe I wasn't wired properly, but I just right. did things. Like, even... And, like, I don't know these things. Like, I don't know what... I don't know. I didn't... I, to me, it was all normal stuff, right? right like, with right. just how I was. But then, like, you talk to your friends, and when they tell you the stories of things you did, and you're like, oh, I guess did I, I was strange. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's just so odd. Like, uh, like I, I worked at McDonald's, I think, in grade 10. And, right. I, like, my buddy's like, yeah, I remember the first time I saw you, it was raining, and you were outside jumping in puddles <laughs> before you started your shift. And I was like, okay. Like, I like puddles. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just... And he had like a, he had another one where he was like oh. telling me too. He's like uh, he's like I remember another time where <laughs> somebody uh, they spilt their Sunday. Right. So you went with a mop and then you made the mop it and you sat down and ate their pie. <laughs> That's dynamite, man. Yeah, I did do that. But in his fairness, since he was a distance, he didn't hear. Like when I got there, he said he didn't mind mopping. So I just went yes. But, you can you can mop. Although I guess I should have done it. I was working. And then I sat down with his friends and I ate his pie. <laughs> That yeah, but 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 from afar they were like, God damn, Mike is a pimp. Like he goes out. No, there and no, Mike's gonna out. get fired. I think it was more like, geez, if Mike doesn't put up. I've with never been described as a pimp. Thank you. Is that all it takes in America to be a pimp? Is to eat someone else's pie? Oh my God, man! Oh, going out pimping. there and like uh, and making someone else clean up their own mess. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, dynamite. Oh man. Okay, here was like the weirdest. And I was always drawn to drama like right. in in high school and stuff. So like like drama class and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. drama class. Right. And uh like one time in drama, it was like grade 10. I think it was like American Pie was so huge mm-hmm. at one time. American Pie 2 was coming out. But I decided to do an American two ver- or American Pie two version for the class. <laughs> right. So I brought out a Rocky Road cake and fully clothed, I fucked the cake. <laughs> In front of like, in front of my drama class. This is a Catholic high school, right? So I was like, I was like sitting there, like. But no I, to me, way. I thought it was so funny, 
And uh, and I mean, yeah, I, I that just must have traveled the newswire all over that town. Yeah, that's what happened in high school. Like grade nine, I was picked on and everything. I was like the biggest loser. But then everyone. But then I guess the first thing that opened me up where people relaxed with me more was uh, I got honor roll for grade ten. No way. Yeah, which honor rolls is such a annoying experience like just in general i don't know how other people did it but in our school literally we would bring um all the students in the school right to the bleachers in the gym class and uh and then you bring all the honor roll students and separate oh, them right, right right you know almost like you're showing the dumb people who will work for one day <laughs> and uh and then yeah we're like in the seats and and then they call us up individually to go get our certificate. Oh man! So I was on the good side, I guess. I was on the uh, the bright side that one year. <laughs> and uh, and so they call out my name, and like it's like an audience full of people. I don't know that energy just sort of like right. I, it's 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 always motivated me. Yeah, you know. So I went up and I like. I, I grabbed my principal's arm, brought her in like I was a rapper to do one of those like half half hugs where you right. use your shoulder and yeah, yeah, shoulder yeah. to shoulder and grab it. And then behind her, I grabbed my crotch and started gyrating it in a dance in front of the, the class. Yet again, Catholic high school. So I got suspended for, no for a week for, for that. For the principal up on stage. Yeah. Yeah. For, well, not nothing with the principal. For the actress just grabbing the crotch and gyrating in front of high school. So, yeah, I was just like... I had so much energy, and I was always just like, uh, like I can't say I had a ton of friends, but I was very like, uh, yeah, animated and just yeah. I couldn't, I just fidgety. I was constantly fidgety, and I wasn't thinking properly. I never think properly. <laughs> what did you do after high school? Um, well, I was interested actually in money. If anything, <laughs> were you were you like were you like I can't wait to get out of this town. I need to get out. Or were you like oh, I'm gonna hang out for a couple years and kind no, of I was my scared. Time. Are you kidding me? I was yeah. scared. Yeah, because like grade 11 and 12, it was hilarious. My overall percentages were 79.8 and 79.6. <laughs> I kid you not. I didn't make honor roll for the next two years, but I was always like less than a percent away. And so... Uh, so you, you, weren't, you weren't heading to Wall Street then, right? After I know. High school, so right? I, was like, I was like, oh man, maybe I should have done that so bad because I got killed. I was right. killing my subjects, but then I was like, I'm never getting in. What's going on? Um, and you're right. Like I was... Uh, I mean... Oh, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't a great looking person. So I'm like, great, I'm not great looking. And clearly I'm not smart. So I don't have a great chance <laughs> in the future. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'd looked it up and uh, I decided I want to be a medical radiologic technician. Wow. Yeah. So I wanted to deal with, uh, I want to deal with that because I was very interested in health. Right. Um, but in Saskatchewan, we actually don't have that program. So oh, there's only okay. one, there's only like one at the time. Right. Maybe there's more now, but there was only one university per province they carried that one, except oh, wow. for Saskatchewan. So in Alberta, uh, uh, Nate in Edmonton, right. they would let two Saskatchewan people come in a year. So That's I was it. in that. So my waiting list was five years, they told me, to do Holy that. Holy shit. Yeah. And then in the meantime, like, I mean, we're like, we're so far ahead. Like, I'm not sure where your line of questioning is, because we right. could always go back, I guess. But uh, I decided I want to do this thing I love, stand-up. You know, so what were your in inspirations growing up into that? I mean, like obviously you had the performance side of things, but who were you looking up to oh, back buddy, then? Oh, bloody performance! I was no performing. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about banging Rocky Road cake. That has nothing to do with being a stand-up. That's so just far, a weirdo. It's like the two live crew, man. You're uh, that's just being. Crotch, you're you're humping cakes. I mean, oh, this just is a money, weirdo. Man. My drama teacher hated me. Hated me. <laughs> But he also respected that I was just in a different category too. Right. Somehow, like, right, I, right. oh man. But yeah, there were some times I remember he tried to, to do like improv with the with the class. Yeah, it's like okay, so just write suggestions for a character in a hat. So I wrote a balding failure of a drama teacher for my suggestion. <laughs> Guess which one was the first one he picked? He looked at the class. He's like, who, who writes with red ink? And I waved my hand. I thought it was like a normal, funny thing. Like, he totally huh? owned it. Don't you think this is funny? <laughs> he took it so personally. So he tried to kick me out of, no of drama. Way. And uh, like, I apologized and got back in. Because like, I seriously, it was unintentional. Balling failure of a drama. I know. I thought it was, it was unintentional. I actually just thought that'd be funny and he would get it. Oh, like, my God. See, that's where I was. I guess I didn't know jokes very well where I could say things like that and think that it wouldn't be taken the way they were. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. 
Oh, he's at home re-examining his life that evening. That was great. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Jesus. So, <laughs> so uh, what was your what was your taste of stand up that what, that made you want to get into that? Um, well, <laughs> did you do like open mics? Did you go do some no, amateur stuff? No, way earlier than that. Way really? earlier yeah. when I was, I think nine. My right. uncle's fiftieth birthday. Yeah. So my mom wrote me a stand up act <clears throat> to tell when I was nine. Right. So I'm a fat kid and I know how to read. Right. So you know, I bring my papers up in a kilt. You know, obviously, crush the room because I'm a, I'm a fat kid and <laughs> kids are cute, fat ones are cuter, and you know, plus they're all related, so they know me. And my mom wrote the act. It was like how I think my uncle didn't you know play with my Legos enough or something like that. It was like it was just it was just you know my mom could have took a writing class. She I think <laughs> she could have she could have done better. Um, but yeah, I destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Just killed it. Killed I, I destroyed. So that was that'd be the first taste, uh, which left nothing. Right. Like that. That I don't even think that registered. The actual first time, uh, grade eight. Like I said, I was probably the least popular kid in my school, and I was very, um, uh, very like uh, I don't know, very withdrawn right. from people because I was very nervous and and everything. Like I had. Just to paint the picture, like I had glasses, I had uh, long, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was big in the day, so you yeah. do that that middle hair, <clears throat> right, the, um, right. sorry, what do you call it where you, you part the hair part, through the middle, right? Yeah. But I had curly hair, so it just would bunch up like a hornet's nest on my head. And then uh, I had tons <laughs> of acne, like, and yeah, just no confidence, wow. bigger kid. So we would go, like we had this, here's the thing, uh, <clears throat> Sorry, uh, Prime Minister John Chrétien right. was coming to our school that month. Right. So, like, w- w- my school, Forest Grove, was like, "Oh, we can't! I can't believe we're getting you know the Prime Minister. Prime Minister yeah. Let's make this a celebrity month." <laughs> Saskatchewan has no such thing. Right. We have no celebrities. <laughs> like, literally, I just found out Leslie Nielsen was from Saskatchewan. Yeah, it and- wasn't until he died. That, that, <laughs> that came out. He kept that to his grave that he came from Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, that yeah, that's like, so funny because when you look at celebrity bios and stuff, they always just say from Canada. They never, I mean, once in a while you'll get the Toronto, once in a while you'll get the Vancouver. Russell Peters is very specific. Buddy. Is he? Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he doesn't is, even he say is. he's from Canada. He's just, he, he I'm Toronto. Me, yeah, Toronto. <laughs> Where's that? Toronto. Toronto. Who else is from Regina that's, that's famous now? Isn't that that guy from Sons of Anarchy? Oh yes, the yes, Kim, yes. Kim, Kim, something. The guy. You're yeah. right. Actually, yeah, there was a um, spiral perm guy. Whatever. I think there was another actor actually who's down from Saskatchewan. Who's, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, at the time, then I guess we had nobody. Right. <laughs> Not like they could have afforded those guys. <laughs> so, so what they did is every day leading up to like we get to see John Chrétien, they decided that they would bring in like dance troops. Um, okay. Yeah, musical okay. acts. Um, like uh, and oh, we had like local like Alberta or sorry Pro- yeah Saskatchewan like yeah, yeah, yeah yeah they're just yeah they're the they're locals and, oh god one was terrible it was an author who came in to read a chapter of her book she was just brutal <laughs> it's like so bad I could remember her so viv- vividly it was like but like it was so funny because like when you found out that there's gonna be a celebrity month in Saskatchewan you're going like this is awesome I'm gonna miss school. I'm going to go down for an hour and watch something, and then I don't have to learn. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Buddy, two weeks in, I was praying to learn. I was like, I'm sick of these no-talent Saskatchewan celebrities. Spit my drink out. Gosh, it was horrible. Like, going through that whole thing was horrible. So, uh, one time, (laughs) they brought my whole class down to the library, and the library is the worst. It was the worst one because uh, it's... Like it, that type of carpeting that's so uncomfortable. It's sort yeah. of sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that that finite type of carpeting. Absolutely. Oh, so it had that, and then they sit us down, which is annoying because like you, you you put your your hands behind your back to support you. Yeah. Right while you're you know you um, twist your legs. Right. And everyone sort of bunched in together, yeah. and the library was so small. So you some sometimes have people's knees in your back. <laughs> And you're just like already pissed off and like I hate this. The like, weather's I, coming in. I hate him. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like grade eight with like depression. And I'm like already. I'm like to begin with when I'm comfortable, I'm not happy. You know. <laughs> now even from a relaxed position. Now, yeah, I know. Like, 
and now now I'm in this now I'm in this just this this containment. <laughs> just hated it, hated it. So so I'm, so I'm sitting there, and they announced that they bring up this comedian. Right. So this comedian was a celebrity. So he comes up. And he starts uh, starts telling jokes, and I don't get what the hell he's doing. <laughs> I really didn't. I was watching him like a, like a Picasso picture. Like I didn't get it. And like I don't know, my mom never fed me great. Like I had so much sugar in my diet at that time, so right. like I would I could zone out so quick. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I did. I think I zoned out. I'm like I'm not even giving this guy a chance. I'm just gonna you know feel my vertebrae. <laughs> Get sore. So, uh, oh my god! So I'm sitting there, and, and all of a sudden, I hear a few laughs. Right, right, and and then it starts building. And like before I know it, I sort of like snap out of where whatever zone I was in. Right, and I'm like, oh, is that what that guy's trying to do? <laughs> right, like I was like, oh, he's saying things to do that. That's what he's going for. Right, right, right. So I uh, I start paying attention. And, uh, and you know, maybe two minutes go by before like one hits me and I'm like, ah, you know, one of those like, ah, I get it now. This guy, you know, you could, you could see that switch in your head, like getting turned like, oh, this is, I see. I see what's going on. And he tells a few more and I, you know, my laps building. (laughs) (laughs) He's slowly, he's slowly working you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I'm getting it. And before I knew it, buddy, I was laughing so hard really hard like to the point i couldn't stop no way yeah i couldn't stop laughing you got to remember like even for this this class right that was with me they would never see me happy i was depressed i was getting bullied all the time i'm laughing and that was the other thing too since i was rarely happy back then <laughs> right i i have a weird laugh that, that that's uh noticeable right i don't even think the kids knew it <laughs> at that point <laughs> But it, it was like going full throttle yeah. <laughs> is my laugh, right? right. Like, and <laughs> so I start, I start doing it and it gets so loud, but I can't stop. And before I know it, I'm the center of attention. Everyone's looking at you. They are the bullies. My bullies were like looking at me and started laughing at me. And I was in my head like, oh, I can't, be- I was so embarrassed. I was so humiliated, embarrassed. And I was like, I can't believe it. I'm laughing so hard. I can't stop. No and that, now you get made fun of and then before I knew it, the, sh- the show finished. I never felt so good in my life. Wow, like, and that experience, crazy. like I used to, you got to remember grade seven and eight was pretty weird for me too. Cause like I would get like, they, we had an arts class and I used to only draw things that was covered in blood. Like I would draw blood a lot <laughs> and things getting killed and hurt. Like I was like, you were dark, man. Yeah, I was. Dark. I was wow. like, it was like, I, I would just draw like, you know, moody, <laughs> moody things. <laughs> Right? Like, I don't know. It was just, I was really into horror movies, you know, some yeah. stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, but I never laughed so hard crazy, in my life. And also, none of the kids made fun of me or noticed. And right. they actually just enjoyed seeing me happy. Wow. Like, as much as it is to say where I was like, oh, I'm going to get picked out of this. Right, and I right. guess that's how self-conscious I was. Um, it actually didn't even matter. Wow. So, so yeah, that, that left a humongous... Imprint. A humongous imprint, even to the point where well, four years ago I went back to my elementary school because I wanted to find that comedian only so I could tell him, like up front how much he, ask, he meant yeah. to my meant to my life. Right. Like I wouldn't even care if he sucked or anything. It's like I just have to tell you you're one of the best guys in my life. Yeah. Like uh, for everything, but uh, they had no name or recollection, so I couldn't no get way. it. So yeah, that's always gonna be there. I don't even remember how he looks or anything. But man, wow. if I could tell that guy like what he did for me in my life. And that would like be a great how story, everything man. changed. Yeah, yeah. Just like my viewpoint, how I, I started taking things. Right. And the other one, uh, so what was it? Later that year, just like it all started hitting together, uh, the comedy network uh all of a sudden um opened up in Saskatchewan. I don't know if they were in other provinces, but right. they were giving a like a three month trial right. to everyone. So all of a sudden I got this for I got to watch comedy for free. My parents would never get like cable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden we got cable and I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I start realizing there's stand up on the right. thing the guy did that made me feel the best I'd ever felt, you know? Now so I got it 24 hours for three months. Well, not quite because they had a lot of programming, but every Saturday yeah. they had a stand up one. Okay. So the first one was, um, what was it? It was Billy Crystal was the first one and I right. missed it. 
So I had hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the second week, like I, I taped, uh, it was Robin Williams. Right. And I remember it was so bad. Like right. I didn't like Robin at all. Like when I watched it, it was, uh, it was a special I wasn't, wasn't really into. Like mm-hmm. it just didn't hit me. Right. Uh, I think John Ritter was like in the audience as a plant in no the way. special. Yeah. And he came out and did like an improvised scene with him. <laughs> He did, like, so much Shakespeare impressions and stuff. So, like, for a kid, you're like, God, Shakespeare? Are you kidding me? I'm in high school. I already yeah. hate that topic. Exactly. Like, I, yeah. It just didn't hit me. Um, and then the third week was, uh, was Damon Wayans, uh, like, Last Stand, I think it was called. Right. And I watched that, and I, like, lost it. I mean, this is the first time also seeing dirty comedy now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You it's know, like, that one was, anymore. he was doing yeah. things about, like, getting head from a guy, from only a guy with a head, or a girl with a head. <laughs> that was it. And, like, what positions he'd do to her. And I'm, like, losing it, <laughs> laughing. I'm like, this is the best thing. And then I, like, <laughs> the few friends I had, I'd bring them over to my, my house and start playing it to show them, and they, you know, would not get it or see, like, okay, it's just a guy talking. It's not as big a deal as is. And I'm like, this is mind-blowing. <laughs> you don't get it. He's banging a head, and he's saying this to strangers. Like, I was just losing it. Like, I was, that I was is in, awesome, man. So, yeah, I was, I was addicted. And then um, it wasn't until, like, two months of watching him and, you know, developing a palette of what I thought was funny comedically before it was all shattered in this one Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> birthday. It was a birthday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He had some birthday they televised. So, um, and so what they were like celebrating his birthday and bringing up a bunch of comedians. Yep. To, okay. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. it was like Louie Anderson was on it. Um, who I knew from his cartoon at the time. And, right. uh, I realized, Oh, standup's not, it wasn't my thing either. Right. Per se. But uh, then Bob Saget was on, and I was like, whoa, this guy. Yeah. Like, I had no clue he was dirty, and he was really good. I really liked Bob Saget. And um, there were a few other guys that were, like, hit or miss for me. Right. Uh, but then there was, like, this one, like, weird moment, like, in this, in this special. Not weird. I shouldn't say that, but uh, emotional moment. Like, something different right. for this special that was unexpected where Rodney came out, and he's like, um, there's a guy that's, like, that's amazing, uh, who just passed away. I don't want all, everyone, you know, yeah. to take a moment for Sam. And then they showed a clip of a guy yelling about world hunger right. on his birthday special. And I never laughed so hard in like this two-minute piece. And yeah. it was Sam Kinison. Wow. And Sam Kinison was the one. That like really, the biggest inspiration to me, for sure. And wow. nothing like my comedy. He's yeah. nothing. But right. like for me, that's what opened up in my head of like, just how to treat, how to be as a person and everything. It's like, oh, you can be the the type of thing. And like, he had so much anger and frustration, right? And I connected so much to that rage, yeah. But I was like, you can actually express that, yeah. And that's fine. Right. People will get it. People will understand yeah. that these are these are actual things that everyone like feels, right? And, and to to see that. <laughs> that balls out attitude yeah buddy it hit me so hard that it just crazy. like it shaped to be like yeah i could actually form my own personality right and not be too you know nervous about it right so like and obviously no i was still insecure as thing it, anything to imply and sure. apply to your life takes time but sam kinison was what became a big one so like immediately i went to the library I didn't even like libraries at the time, right? <laughs> That's how much he, I he did, left an imprint. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I love libraries now. That's just why I say it, right? Because those who know me know I go to the library a lot now, right? Like, I get books like crazy. Nice. But, uh, but like, I went to the library around that time. I remember, like, looking up Sam Kinison, and there was, like, a, book, a biography called My Brother, My Brother Sam by his uh, brother Bill. Wow. Yeah, so I read it, and then all of a sudden in it, uh, he talked about, like, how he was with a guy named Bill Hicks that he came up with, the outlaws, yeah. Bill Hicks, and... Um, and, uh, yeah, so I looked up Bill Hicks and all of a sudden I was reading about that guy right. and how many people love that guy. I'm like, Oh, this is so interesting. And he also wrote about how, uh, his, the people he loved was right. like Lenny Bruce and, yeah, uh, and yeah. Richard Pryor. Yeah. So all of a sudden like in Saskatoon, like I don't That's get so a lot far, of news. With, so far removed. Yeah. yeah, from, yeah. from a lot of these names, For you sure. know, even, even Richard Pryor, as big as he was. Right. Not a common name in the vernacular from where I was from, right? right? Like right. my mom knew he was as a movie star, but yeah. that was like that was all I could get on who that guy was. Wow! And the rest of them, no one knew, right? Really? So then, like, yeah, I started looking them up, and then I started ordering their CDs from a specialty shop that would order CDs for me. No way! So I got all of their CDs. 
Wow. All of them. Lenny Bruce, Sam Kinison, uh, Bill Hicks, right. Richard Pryor. Uh, Steve Martin became a fave of mine. Wow. That was one I discovered on my own. Like I always liked his movies. I'm like, I wonder what this is like. Buddy, Steve Martin was another one where you're just like, this is a guy, oh, too, does whatever he wants, like whatever he thinks is funny. Yeah. And it's just, a, it was mind-blowing to me. So that's yeah. how I sort of started gravitating towards who I was gravitating towards and, and finding you right. know, funny. I mean, as sad as it is nowadays when you look at what's going on, even thought Cosby, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I think there was a, a, something I really appreciate about how Cosby could hold a story uh, for so long <laughs> and then actually yeah. get a giant laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is it's not the regular <laughs> r- routine. It's not the regular format. And it's 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 risky comedy in a certain sense where people well, it, rely it, on the on the on the crowd to wait for a punchline. Yeah, so, it's powerful. Right? Yeah, it's powerful definitely. to see a guy like that. But now I don't really want to give him props because I'm <laughs> upset with everything. But uh but yeah, unfortunately, I remember looking at that and being impressed too. That's like, oh, there's a guy who could like hold an audience that long without needing to make them laugh, and yeah. then still kill and yeah. make them laugh at the end and give yeah. you a really good experience for sure. Because guys like like obviously guys like Dangerfield, it was the comedy was all set up punch, set up punch, set up punch. Yeah, and and guys like Cosby or, or just even nowadays. I mean, there's it's it's some comedians can really really pull it off very nicely. They're just raconteurs, people who can tell really good stories and wait for a really good punchline. But out of a one-hour set, they might only get five or six punchlines. Yeah. But but it's it's really good, good comedy. For sure. Yeah. And, and even then, like, you got... Maybe this is just me, too. Like, the comedians I respect the most tend to be the ones that aren't like me at all. Right, right. Because, like, I'm always impressed of these things I can't do. And, yeah. like, watching Cosby, yeah, you'd, like, you separate that and you're like, oh, I could never do that. Like, that's not right. my type of voice sure like i i speak a little quicker so i couldn't hold that type of right that type of uh a bit for that right. long right? right it's it wouldn't be natural so yeah when when i saw people like sam kinnison yelling and stuff like that i'm like oh these aren't people like me but i loved them because i'm like it's just so inspiring to see yeah see that type of strong personality and commitment to it so it's so funny but yeah like comedians are similar to me i'm like it, yeah. it doesn't hit me as much as the ones that do things like i can never do like Steve Martin is definitely one of my tops. Like from his hey, yeah. Like I think he's he's got to be pretty much be the father of alternative comedy. If you Absolutely. ask me, Absolutely, he's definitely up there, man. Absolutely, yeah. Him and Albert Brooks, maybe. Albert Brooks is phenomenal. Isn't I just he? saw a movie with Albert Brooks the other day, <sighs> and uh, yeah, just such great physical comedy and even stuff like on stage. I mean. But the funny thing about people like Steve Martin and stuff like that is that they can even be physical on stage. And the way that they do comedy, you can picture them being physical on stage. Yeah. So even if you order a CD and you listen to it, you can still, you can still, you know, have the ability to, to kind of feels like you're there watching that person live. Yeah. But the writing word choices are still so smart. Absolutely. You know? And then, and then I guess probably shortly after would have been Andy Kaufman. And then he really ramped up what (laughs) alternative comedy was. Andy Kaufman certainly did, man. He paid the way. (laughs) for a lot of people who inspires you now inspires me now um i don't know man i think it still goes back to those old inspirations that yeah. that, that that's what set it in like at the time um growing up and starting to become into comedy yeah so it would have been kinnison for sure mm-hmm. was one of them um steve martin would have been another one uh then besides that it was uh mike mcdonald richard jenny mm-hmm. and um um, I'm going to say, oh, I'm definitely going to say prior too. actually. I yeah. loved prior. Yeah. Like I was, <laughs> I was really into, really into prior, but, uh, I, yeah. And then Hicks for sure. Hicks yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Hicks was not one who actually made me laugh a ton. Right. But he was just one that was like, he had such incredible points. Yeah. I'd never seen a comic who could be, that's, that sort of stuck to his to his game and stuff like I felt he was funnier for others than he was for me sure but that he when I'd listened to him like I got a lot out of what he said right and I really enjoyed the things he said and you know I'd still laugh but yeah he was definitely not a killer to me yeah I wouldn't yeah, say yeah. like I wasn't ne- he's never came across like the guy that I was like oh yeah like I'd love to hear him all the time or, right, or blah right. blah blah no right no it didn't make me laugh a ton he was just a guy who was like super good and like his structure and writing and yeah. everything I appreciate things on another level I just wish yeah I could have uh, maybe even appreciated that style a bit more for sure 
but sure. uh, yeah, it, it didn't hit me as much. So he was he was good, but yeah, I, I couldn't say he was a, a gut buster for me. But surprisingly, he actually inspired me a ton. He was That's another amazing one. man, and Lenny Bruce. God, Lenny, Lenny Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, man. Oh, without a doubt, Lenny Bruce. I watched that Phenomenal. movie, Lenny. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. Like everything. I was. I'm the biggest. I was the biggest Lenny Bruce fan. Yeah. 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 So that was another one. And you got to remember, I also probably don't get half his stuff. Like it's dated, said, <laughs> right. and some of the generic things, some and the, of the uh, and the jazz schmaltz. Like I'm not a big right. fan of like his um, his cadence. Like right. I feel that's dated too. Like sure. how he spoke and how he set up his punchlines and stuff to do the freewheeling jazz thing. Right. right. Yeah. It doesn't exactly doesn't exactly Resonate. help yeah. me or laugh. So I might just love him for the myth and sure. everything that's surrounded <laughs> with what happened. But I really do appreciate what he did. And like yeah. when I read his read his. Uh, what was it? Because obviously I read his book, uh, How to Talk Dirty to... Uh, fuck, I forget what it's called. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. Yeah. And then there was also uh, another book, I think, called Lenny, Lenny Bruce Unabridged or something. Right. It was really good as well. Yeah. You know? And then it actually just used his bits and put it in writing. And right. Easier to break down without... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Tell me about your first time on stage when you got into stand-up. Oh, God. Okay. I was 17. I was in grade 17 12. years old. Yeah. Yeah, I was 17. I was in grade 12. Um, so I already sort of knew like through tram and stuff. It's like, and, and just like, I became so addicted to static. Oh, flip. Sorry. Back. Just a sec. Yeah. Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald. That was a humongous. <laughs> All right. Like I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this straight out off the gate. Like I used to watch once I began falling in love with comedy. Right. I used to watch, uh, Letterman, Leno and Conan every night. Mostly Conan. Conan was my fave. Yeah. But I'd look at who had the best. You comics know, up comics right, exactly right, yeah. of the night and that usually would make my choice if not then it was conan that mm-hmm. i watch but uh <laughs> i'd always always watch robin williams yeah right because despite me not liking his special right on the <laughs> when you watch that guy like when you watch that guy on leno letterman nobody touches him no right the absolutely. other the other two though that i would always watch was Norm Macdonald and David Spade. Right. Right? When they were on, like, just the bits yeah, they came up like with. Were like, a big fan, like, a- SNL? Yeah. Norm, yeah, Norm I became McDonald a big fan of SNL. Yeah. No, but I wasn't with that generation. I was, right. like, a few after. But uh, but Norm Macdonald was so different to me, in a, in a way. His comedy like, was really different. Yeah. So good. But, yeah. like, I used to tape them. And I have to admit, like, you know, I, I had, you know, a rough relationship with my parents, in a way. Like, mm-hmm. even on how to relate to them. But one thing they knew was... My love for stand-up. So sometimes they'd actually go watch stand-up at the local Yuck Yucks at the Parkdown Hotel. Right. And then they'd come home uh, in the morning. They'd sit with me and tell me their favorite jokes and stuff. No way. And, like, what was happening, you know? That's and, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they would tell me things. I think they, they were getting an idea that I had a passion about it. You right, know what I mean? Right, right, Um <laughs> So, anyways, uh, Norm MacDonald, I used to, like, tape, if Ro- particularly Robin Williams or David Spade or Norm MacDonald, one time... Letterman had both Robin and Norm. Oh, shit. I know. Wow. I know. But if any of those three yeah. were, were coming up, I would tape it yeah. and watch it. And the next day after like my dad got out of a sad job at, right. a, at a meat-killing plant, <laughs> uh, he'd sit down in the chair and I would play him. These stand-up pieces or any great stand-up I saw. Sometimes Jay Moore, I remember, had a great appearance and I taped it and showed right. my dad, oh, this guy was pretty good too or, yeah. or whatever. But like... I was addicted. Louis C.K. actually, when he was really young, was on a was on a Conan, and I remember he was talking about like cereal and how like how you know weightlifters always look so angry. It's like do they do it all the time? Like and he acts out them eating cereal all angry or <laughs> try to be macho. So I showed him. I was like, oh, this guy's good too. So I knew of Louis C.K. Right. Like, like way before for he was he, really popular. Yeah, he was yeah. really popular. But also when he was doing like sort of like now when I look at that material, it's like not even close to what he does now. Sure. Sure. But like stuff like that, where I was like, oh, I really like that guy and, and this and this. So yeah, I don't know. It, it was sort of uh, it yeah. was sort of an unreal experience too, just uh, in relationship to yeah to my uh, my folks. But um, sorry, what was the question that so, I asked? So oh, my first time. Your Got first you. time on stage. Yeah. So so like this had sort of like through watching these late nights things. Sometimes I actually started writing like little jokes, or sometimes I'd even write the jokes I heard they really liked, so I could always like. Remember, r- yeah. Read or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I was looking through the paper once, and, uh, and they had a, had a thing um, saying, do you think you're funny? Come down to rehearsals and, and see, if you're, 
see if you got. Oh, it takes sorry. Or... Here's the wording. Uh, c- what is it? Uh, come be with the pros. You know. Oh, okay. So, so I was like, threw down the challenge at you. <laughs> well, no, not like compete or anything, but be with the pros. So right. like, you know, like it's a pro show, and do you think you're funny? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I, I I read that and like I thought about it. It took like you know. 15 minutes of like just staring at this this piece at first you're like okay wow wow so that's out there okay <laughs> and i don't know that's just how my brain's always been right. immediately rejection it just know it no you way. know yeah. and immediately within five minutes i'll have convinced myself i'm doing everything for sure <laughs> i've always been that way like i yes everything and everything but my first initial is always to know it but i no keep way. it quiet yeah and i watch my brain turn itself around to do <laughs> talk yourself into it yeah yeah so wow. i just needed that and sure enough i was like okay i'm calling and i called and it was a guy named des reed uh answered and he's like uh, yeah i could give you a, a guest set over rehearsals you're doing stand-up and that was a funny thing too like in my brain to convince myself to call this number, right? I was like, this sounds like improv. It's probably improv. And you know what? You're underage. You're 17. Right. So you could get into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> you could sort of look cool in high school. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but like, just be the straight guy. Yeah. And let them be funny. So no pressure. So, you know, telling myself those things. Right. To like, <laughs> give myself the it. nerve. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> So I called, called Des, um, and Des was like, yep, uh, we'll give you a five-minute guest set. Uh, have you done stand-up before? And I'm like, stand-up. Wow. And I was like, no, but I'd love to try. And he's like, okay, five-minute guest set. And I'm like, perfect. So like the day comes up, and I'm, I'm nervous all day, I think, but right. excited. you know. So yeah. I, I remember showing up to this bar, and the show was for like 8 p.m. It didn't start till like 10. Yeah. Right. That's like literally, the, <laughs> which turns out it's a lot normal in the comedy industry than you Definitely. <laughs> Showed up, and I was just like, like my my shoulders were going, my heart was palpitating, you wow. know, like I was just so nervous, and like I even remember like running into the washroom stall, and I think I was in the washroom stall for at least forty five minutes, <laughs> just trying to control my hyperventilation. No way. And, and do it. Calm yourself down. Oh, yeah. Like, and I think Titanic was like two years old at the time, right. two or three years old. But I wrote jokes on Titanic, <laughs> the movie. And like dumb jokes. Like, you're se- I'm 17. Sure. What? The material is going to be yeah. 17. Yeah. Oh, buddy. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's how like you sort of annoy a comedian, right? It's like, uh, go into their ear and whisper like one of their old jokes and then just watch us go like, Oh, you jerk. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> oh no. Did but you have any family that. or friends come down? No, no I never tell anyone. Didn't tell anybody. Never. Yeah. No, never. I was too scared to ever let. Them what about see now? That. What about now? Do you, do you, if you're playing a spot where you know, you have lots of people around, tell them I never down. tell them. I put it on Facebook and they find it yeah. and then they come. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's such a different yeah, it's such a different thing. Like I, I here's one thing I'll I'll say about like my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I adore my parents. Like if if there was a comedian to have a certain type of parents, th- they were probably perfect for it because, right. like I said, my dad worked at a meat killing plant, right, and was depressed and hated his job. Yeah, um, and used to tell me just never follow in his footsteps. Whatever I did, you wow. know what I mean. Yeah. And my mom worked at a, uh, a like a perlator, just a day job, but she was like, a, she's a hippie, right? So she was always super positive, happy, and like <laughs> just the, the best woman in the world. My mom, without awesome, a man. doubt, the, the type of person where like there was someone who I remember I used to scout models and actors, right? Uh, and I remember there was one of the head people hated me, right? And then she met my mom and told someone. He can't be that bad if that woman <laughs> raised mom, him. No way. But yeah, people just love my mom, always gravitate towards her. And yeah. she's just one of those people that like makes me look better because that's awesome. Because I'm her kid. Yeah. So yeah, if someone I don't like, I'm like, oh, you should meet my mom. <laughs> they'll love my mom. And I'll be like, you know what? You can't be that bad. Love me by default. Yeah. 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 Now we have to like this guy because like I want to keep a relationship <laughs> with that woman. Yeah, my mom was was great. So, um, and, and what about now? Are they supportive of your of your comedy career? Nah, I mean, my, obviously, they're divorced. You're... My dad doesn't talk to me or, or anything, and my mom is. Uh, yeah, my mom loves me. She's my biggest yeah. fan. Yeah. But uh, what is it? So, anyways, they were great parents in that case. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> both of them, like, I remember, I remember my dad telling me, and it meant that from both of them, right? Uh, 
we don't care what you do with your life just as long as you graduate high school. Yeah. That was I've heard my, that, line that was before. my that was my bar. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Like <laughs> I listened that. to all these comics tell jokes about how oh their parents wouldn't be proud of what they do and blah. My parents would have been proud if I was homeless as long as I got a diploma. <laughs> as long as you had a right? GED. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They yeah. don't even like they were just that that was that was they had day jobs and they yeah. weren't happy with their lives right. and they're like just graduate high school and then do whatever you want. Just right. <laughs> don't end up in the situation. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so i mean i, I that's cool though yeah, that, yeah that's but, cool man so with that know? said i still like i still always worried with what people thought about me I'm, to this day i still probably think that sometimes well, I'm why worried. is that though is that is that an insecurity on your part is that very because i'm from saskatchewan and that and out there like part of their life is that you have to be rich and you have to make a ton of money because everyone has money. Like all right. my cousins got houses by 1920. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like everyone was getting it. Everyone else gets like, yeah, kids around the ages too. But like, sure. I guess you grow up quickly in Saskatchewan. Right. In a right. Way. But it's also like, you know, it's a macho society. Yeah. People start comparing immediately. What do you have in that? It's not like where I am in Toronto and stuff where people are a little bit more relaxed and the arts has their scene and no one. Sure compares with money but money's an important value there and like no one appreciates you're you're <laughs> and i mean i'm just saying this because this is what you get called but like right. you're a homo right if and they're homophobic people that's what well, it's small town say. right a lot well, of not even men- small town i'm talking saskatoon now right oh shit okay yeah <laughs> at this point in my life yeah it was saskatoon but of, of that time like you know right. you're gay you're a gay if you yeah, if yeah. you're uh <laughs> in the performance arts yeah if you're in the performance arts yeah. right yeah. and um and so, like, you know, I just want to fit in because, like, I hate getting beat up. Yeah. Right? So I was also, like, beat so much that I was, like, just sick of abuse. Right. And sick of that stuff. So I was, like, I just want to not create too many waves. But in the meantime, like, all these weird act-outs of things I did, like I say with... Uh, <laughs> Jumping in puddles and... Uh, yeah, mouth. all that thing. Like, I'm just creating it for myself, not right. realizing because I'm, like, I guess I'm that socially awkward. I didn't have enough, like, enough interactions with people to actually think that was normal. Right. That I was like, oh, these are fine things to do. Yeah. So, yeah. I, um... Lip. Where was I leading with that point? Because <laughs> we were on something beforehand. That I think I was trying to get on topic with. Yeah, no, we were just talking about how supportive your family has been and friends and going and performing and insecurities about going and, and performing at clubs and letting your friends find out about it on Facebook too. Yeah. Um, okay, so the first show. Yeah. That was where we were at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first show. The first show. Buddy, this is a 20-minute tirade. Hey, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, it's the first show. Um, yeah, so I showed up. Nervous, I was in that like washroom. <laughs> and finally came out, and um, a juggler was headlining. Uh, a guy named Brian K. Work, a guy who I still consider a friend, yeah. great guy. Um, a bit, like I was definitely by far the youngest, obviously. Right. But, like they're older. They were even older then. What was the crowd like? Was it? Uh, oh big god, crowd, it filled or? up with all people from a gym. Surprisingly, some gym. <laughs> there was a bunch of like gym rats no who way. once I know. <laughs> They got out of the gym, and it was like they, it was a bar next door. So they'd work out, then drink together. No way. Yeah. <laughs> but they were big dudes. Eclectic, yeah, crowd. yeah, big dudes, and they filled out this place. Yeah, and um, and so uh, Tom Lisk was the middle. A guy yet again, still friends with that guy. Wow. And, like both older guys. Yeah. Like, you know, could have just like written me off. Couldn't have been nicer to me and everything. Yeah. And Desiree came in and. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, Des is just a, he's a character yeah, without a doubt. So he, he was running the show and he came up, introduced himself. Uh, you're the new kid. Okay. You'll do five minutes. I'm going to go up and then bring you up. I'm like, great. So he does his thing and he did pretty well. And then he brought me up. Right. And, oh, I was so nervous. <laughs> like, it was like I hit puberty for the first time. Right. Like my voice. Yeah. I went up like, hey, everybody. <laughs> gotta remember like we're talking about and i skin i started to get skinny by that point right like because i sort of stopped eating i sort of stopped like started you know just re- walking all the time right and, right um and yeah so i was i was like you look at this sort of thin 17 year old still with screwed up hair though bad yeah. hair yeah, yeah. <laughs> and acne <laughs> performing for <clears throat> performing for a bunch of weightlifters, a room right. full of weightlifters. And then I'm telling them what life's Titanic like. Titanic jokes, too. With Titanic <laughs> jokes. Yes, telling them what life is like with Titanic jokes. So, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, hey, everybody. <laughs> oh. 
And I was swearing every second word. I know. Can I swear on this too. podcast? Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I was seriously like, hi, everybody. Oh, fuck. Like, everything had a, like a, oh, fuck after it. I think every sentence might have had an oh, fuck. Uh, like, I think was that's that? nerves, man. I think my first stand-up, even as an adult, I was, I was dropping F-bombs every, every other sentence. And I remember the guy came up to me afterwards. He was like, dude, you're funny. You swear a lot, but you're hilarious. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even remember swearing that much. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, I guess you do when you're first up there. Oh, man. And like, um, oh, <laughs> Tom Liss, <laughs> such a nice guy. Uh, I came off stage. He was like a year or two into comedy at that point. Right. And so I sit down with him and I was like, how, how was it? He's like, well, you had good stage presence. <laughs> hey, I we didn't it, know man. you I bombed. <laughs> you had good stage presence. I love those. Yeah. I love those. Yeah. But not, not only that. confident up there. You're very confident. Yeah. <laughs> I sure wasn't. Stage presence, buddy. Different than confidence. <laughs> Uh, but that was the, yeah, that was the thing. Like I, I literally <laughs> was like, I blacked out when I was up there. I don't even know if I did the Titanic jokes justice. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I remember like sometime after the show when it was all finished, right. this giant guy came up to me and he slapped me on the, my back and went, buddy, you have big balls. Good job. <laughs> And I was like, no. thank you. And then he was joking. I guess he was on some role. I didn't get it. Like, think of me as Michael Sarah at this point. You right, know what I right. mean? Like, oh, yeah. I'm just, hey, thank you. <laughs> and he's, he's, he's like, yeah, you probably have giant balls. Well, you pull them out. Let me see your balls. <laughs> and I took it literally. Like, I was scared. I started, like, trying to zip. He's like, no, I'm just joking, buddy. I'm just saying that confidence. I'm like, I don't know anything. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was just like, ugh. So uncomfortable. That is crazy. And then, and then there was a girl who showed up late who was, um, I believe, uh, either a niece or cousin of Dez's. Right. And um, she introduced herself. And she was like the only one, like sort of my age. Like right. she was underage and got in because she knew Dez. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I started talking to her. A beautiful lady. And uh, she's like, how'd you do? And I'm like, I killed. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. I just killed the I room. killed it. I just, it. I'm a comedian too. <laughs> And, uh, and like she started hanging out with me and I think she had to leave at some point and she gave me a kiss. And I think that was my first kiss. Wow. So you think about that too, like being a stand-up comedian and now I got my first kiss and I'm like, you all these things happening. All those formula together. You're Buddy, like, I'm addicted. Is, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm addicted. And then like, I was probably the worst comedian for at least a year or two. Cause there was only one room a week. Right. So then I would go down and do rooms and I would bomb every time like so badly i was so bad oh god like i remember bombing <laughs> it was like the same deal i'd bomb and i took it so hard i didn't have a thick Did skin you? at all like yeah. i say you're too insecurities that's what always kills me sometimes is when i when i see pros really hammer am, hammer amateurs for right. how they are and make fun of them i'm like god these guys are doing it for free yeah like they're putting themselves out there for free Absolutely. no money like the least we should do is just let them do it without any hostility or any of that. Cause like, <laughs> exactly. it's not like they're getting paid. They're doing this in their own time and they're going to feel the abuse when they get up there anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> nothing going to be worse than that. And oh, like, yeah, man. that was it for me. Like I would bomb and like, I would, Oh my God, they didn't think I was funny. <laughs> what the heck? I don't get it. I, I'm never doing this again. Never doing this again. And then, sure enough, after a week, I would go back, and I'd be like, oh, I think I know what I did wrong last week. I got it all fixed. I, uh, I added a new tag to that Titanic joke. <laughs> and then I'd bomb again, and then I'd be like, well, my mom thinks I'm funny. Like, why does this keep happening? You don't get it. That's the worst. The worst. You want to take a quick break? Need a water? You're good? Uh, I'm good for now. You're right? good? Yeah. Right. Well, cool, man. Cool. Yeah, let's um, just uh, let's do this, and then yeah, um, I'm going to go to the stampede. So let's <laughs> tell me when contractually we're done, so I can get out of here. <laughs> contractually, yeah. uh, tell me about your forte into professional stand-up. When did that? How long were you doing stand-up for before you were starting to get paid, starting to get uh, some of the big gigs? Um, what to, was paying the bills back then? To be honest, like the because uh, I don't know, like ugh, professional. That's almost comparative. So. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. When I first started getting paid, was maybe a year in, but I still sucked and was an amateur. 
But since there was no other comics, and if you had a car, you could drive headliners. Right. And then you made like 100, 150 in a show. Right, right. So I, by the definition of being paid and stuff, I was actually a professional technically sure. a year. But I was the worst comic still for like <laughs> four, four years. For, you know, like I was, yeah. Like God, I'm uh, like I'm almost ten years in now. Yeah, and yeah, my first four, I was brutal. I've heard like, a lot of brutal. comedians say that though. Uh, you know, obviously one of Louis C.K.'s famous thing, from uh, one of his famous quotes was, uh, "I'm going to kill it here," but but something along the lines of, you know, you start to get good around the year 25 or something like that, or yeah. 20 years in. What uh, is that something that you you want to gravitate towards another entity of of professional performances? You want to get into TV? I mean, obviously you've you've done some stuff, mm-hmm. uh, uh, TV wise, and yeah. and you know writing and stuff like that. Do you want to get into into that stuff more, or are you happy doing stand up? Oh, stand up's my number one. Yeah, I'm I'm in love with it. Yeah. And even now, it's like it keeps growing. It's always different. I want to do the other stuff too. Right, definitely without a doubt, because I want as many experiences as possible. Sure. And um, but yeah, like all of it, all of it sort of feeds into stand up. Stand up's that thing you never have to leave. Right. You know, right. like. It, it, it's always just stunning to me, like when Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin left left stand up. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why? It, it's just it. Even now, to think of like what reasons they gave, it still makes no sense to me. Right. I'm just like, like I just feel it all the time. I have to do this. I always have to go. I always have to say something, or I have to be in front of a bunch of people. Like I just have to do it. Right. You know, like even if you go do that secretly, whatever. But you have to do it. Yeah. It's just such a compulsion. I. Like, even if I got acting and stuff, I wouldn't see why I, I would. I mean, this is just what I feel now. Sure. Like, obviously, I don't know the other things. I'm not those guys or know how they got in or, or right. what other obstacles they're going through. Sure. Um, but no, like right do you think now, that there's, that there's I can't a sense think of, of anything less. But but do you think that, that for for comedians like that, I mean, do you think that there's a certain... I mean, obviously, you look at guys like Adam Sandler, Kevin James, who who had a backbone in, in comedy for years and years and years. Yeah. Uh, now they're putting, they're pumping out some really shitty movies, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering: is that a, is that a, a sense of security as you get older? Say, hey, I only got to work three months out of the year, do a film, and I'm set. You know, no, for, no, or do you think? It, I mean, because for obviously, there's a lot of comedians that I've that I've interviewed that that are just like, listen, this is ingrained in me. This is ingrained doing stand up and going in, in front of a live audience is something I feel I need to do. I have yeah. to go do that. Yeah, I guess that's sort of what I was saying, too. Yeah. But uh, as for, like, that example of Adam Sandler and Kevin James, I think just, like, when you get successful, you suck. Yeah. You begin to suck. Like, Why is that, As much though? as I hate to say this, like, I loved Sam Kinison, but, man, he got bad. Like, his, his later stuff was really terrible. Right. You right. know? Like, even giving him a Grammy for Live From Hell, that yeah. was a terrible album. Right. Like, such a bad one. And it wasn't done. I don't even think he would have put that out. Right. You know? Right. Um, but, yeah, like... Uh, I think they still try. Like I think Adam Sandler and Kevin James are still like cranking it and trying and putting the more in. But mm-hmm. you know, part of where comedy comes from, like everyone always says, tragedy and stuff. Right. But like it's also sort of a blue collar thing. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, you know, your things aren't going your way. Like I almost put it this way. Like <laughs> even when I hear comedians tell jokes, uh, I mean, <clears throat> what, what do you think would be funny if someone went on stage? And talked about how they're rich and won the lottery. Right. No. You're losing. You're losing I everybody. I don't even care about their point of view almost at that point. I don't know what it is. I sort of turn off and I'm like, who, who cares? Like, oh, I'd watch Sam Kinison talk about all the drugs and women he was banging. Right. I all of a sudden didn't like it as much. I like the guy who was, uh, whose wife or who was upset, who was getting a divorce and whose wife was screwing him over. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. it was the same thing. If, if someone's talking about winning the lottery, like, I don't... I sort of don't care about you anymore. Right. Like you just lose it for me. Yeah. Just instantly. Whereas I guess if someone went on stage and talked about how they gave the winning lottery ticket numbers right. to a person. Yeah. But he's going to be That's, hilarious. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear this guy. Yeah. That story. Yeah. So yeah, they're just, I think, um, I don't think it comes with time. I think you could always be funny. Cause yeah. like there's comedians like Mike Wilmot's been doing it forever. Uh, and he's always funny, right? You know, yeah. like Norm Macdonald never plays into status, so he's always been funny. Absolutely, right? Yeah. He's never played into I'm successful, rich, or anything, right? You know, status. Yeah. Like, I hate to say it, like I adored Ron White's earlier stuff, yeah. but I just listened to a special where he talked about like how rich he was, and I, it's like. I just simply zoned out of them. Lost I, yeah, yeah, I just sort of yeah. lost it on that special. Like, where I just didn't really care. Right. And yeah, that's that's 
part of it. There's got to be some sort of humble mentality to where you are. And I mean, the victim plays over. I don't, I don't want to listen to, I mean, maybe this is subjective, sure. right? But, uh, yeah, I've, I've never been as big a fan of, uh, of people who are, you know, making fun of people lower than them or, right. or, you know, yeah. Looking down on anything where it's sure. compared condescending, sure. I don't, condescending anyone. Right. Whereas I do like, you know, the guy looking up and like, Oh, I'm the victim and I want to hammer this and right, go after right. this big entity. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, yeah. I'm always a fan, you yeah. know? So, I mean, Louis CK, God, that guy's rich and he wears a $5 t-shirt every yeah. show. He yeah. wears a black shirt that I've seen at Walmart that you could go get for like five, 10 bucks. That's what I, yeah, that's what he's I get. A, he's that every man. That's you know right. what I mean? Right. Bill Burr is, I know he, very simple too. Yeah. He doesn't show extravagance, anything. That guy has, has money, you know? Oh, definitely. So, yeah. you know, like you watch, there's, there's that aspect and then there's, you know, the other people who, when they flaunt their show it off, it's just. to turn off, man. Yeah. A bit, not like a lot do, but yeah, it, it comes to the point where people talk about how successful they are. Yeah. It's sort of like, I don't really care. Start anymore. tuning out. I guess that's the point of selling out. Maybe that's that what t- is tied into that. But, yeah. Yeah. But that's just one thing I noticed with comedy. It's a, it's very much a bit of a, a bit of a, I mean, yeah, a, a bit of a blue collar thing in terms yeah. of like, you want, you want a person there who's an every man who has the sensibilities of what people feel and everything. Uh, and I feel like rich people or people who are surrounded all the time by, right. by fame and success yeah. don't necessarily, they sort of, that becomes a skew and it becomes very difficult to relate. For sure. Yeah. Wise words, man. Where can people find you? <laughs> Facebook. You're, you're, uh, you're <laughs> a very busy guy on Pretty the road. Pretty soon. You're b- <laughs> Somewhere soon. <laughs> Somewhere soon. Wherever they live, I'll probably be there. <laughs> Facebook. There. We'll definitely put all the links up. And obviously you're on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yep. it's uh, at Comedy Slave. Yep. Beautiful, man. Hey, thanks for doing this, Mike. Ah, oh, thanks for having I me, I appreciate buddy. it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. All right, and there you have it, the episode with Mr. Michael Harrison. What a great talent, great guy. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. Stay tuned. We have many more episodes coming up. Be sure to check us out at yuckyucks.com. Follow us on Twitter. On behalf of myself, your host, Jay Kirsch, Mr. Mark Breslin, producer Kira Williams, Fatima. Can't forget Fatima. And, of course, Camille and everybody at Yuck Yucks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.